Y'all know what's going on. 21 gang, till I'm gone. 4 air gang, till I'm gone. Roll the window down, stick the Glock out. This chopper got an amp, I'ma rock out, I'ma rock out. When it's time for smoke, they gon' cop out, they gon' cop out. This AK-47 made in Moscow, made in Moscow. All these dead bodies got me seeing strange things. Both sides of the gun, I done dealt and felt the pain. Drive by now. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers, so anything will help. But here's where we'll start. We're going to break. I'm, I'm, I'm going to break down, of course, every game from week four of the NFL uh, season. And let's start with, to me, the game that kind of solidifies a lot for me right now. And that is the Cardinals and the Rams. To me, that was probably one of the more important games and one of the more inter- interesting games going into, the, going into uh, week four. You had two teams that at the time were 3-0. and The Cardinals and the Rams. The reason why I said that this one was so uh, intriguing to me is because I wanted to know just exactly how good the Cardinals were the Rams were coming off probably their biggest win in a while and that was against the Bucks. and you were playing at home and you're playing against a team that's red hot which is the Cardinals and then on top of that on the Cardinals side the Cardinals had some really good wins they they've been destroying people but I wanted to know how they would play against a team that's also hot and what Sunday solidified for me is I believe at least at this point Kyler Murray is the front runner for the MVP. And not just that. I think I can honestly say that the the Cardinals may be Super Bowl contenders. And to, to what makes me what make to me what makes a team Super Bowl contender is if you're balanced. There's a lot of teams that we'll talk about that are not balanced, but are good teams, you know? Um but because of that in, you know, imbalance I don't think that they – I'm not going to say they can't be Super Bowl contenders, but I, I don't think that they're above the rest, you know what I mean? Or I don't think that when we're talking about the Super Bowl conversation down the line, I don't know if they'll be in it because of how imbalanced their team is. The Cardinals is a different, a different bag. For the longest, and we talked about this before, but for the longest – the Cardinals were only one, only at one side of the ball. They they were never really good defensively, uh, even even the Kurt Warner days, and, and when Larry Fitzgerald was in his prime, they never really had like a great defense. They've had good defenses from here and there, but they never really had a great defense. And even last year, you know, you still you had Chandler Jones, but he was you know coming out, he was injured. You had Buda Baker. You had Isaiah Simmons, but he was more of a raw talent at the time. They you never they didn't really have they had names, but they didn't really have a good defense. Their defense lost them a lot of games. And that was the knock on the Cardinals for a while. Also, Kyler Murray's in in infrequent play. And when I say infrequent play, they'll he he looks incredible all the time, but there will be times where his recklessness will will cause you know a, a poor turnover late in the game, or he'll have a three four turnover game. And 
nobody ever you never really considered the Cardinals a Super Bowl team. You they they could be a dark horse team. You know, people will say, "Oh, my dark horse is Arizona." But the reason why they were usually dark horses is because their defense would just fail them time and time again or Kyler Murray would have to do so much that um Kyler Murray would have to do so much that it it would put them in situations that they shouldn't be in. I say all that to say, this year, man, at least four weeks in, this Cardinals team is right now the probably playing arguably the best football in, in the whole league. You have Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has he, – he still does reckless things. You know, Ky, there's, there's some – when we talked about Carson Wentz a couple episodes ago, one thing that you probably – if there's a player that's been reckless for a while, it's 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 more than likely you're not going to change that. You know that's just who they are. This in their DNA. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is is a reckless player. Lamar Jackson is a reckless pay, player. The thing about it is their greatness and they their recklessness doesn't usually cost them games. With Carson Wentz, it does. Why do we bring it? Why do we bring that up? Kyler Murray is a reckless player, and there were times last year that it cost them games. Now. Yeah, he might have a turnover here or there, but it's not costing them games. And the biggest revelation that I got is the Cardinals can beat you in many different ways. And that's one thing that that has not been the case. The The Cardinals, if, if how it's been is if Kyler Murray is going to throw a thousand times, he's going to run around, he's going to look good. He's going to throw a whole bunch of touchdowns, but the run game is not really going to be there. Even though they had Kenyon Drake, but he's not there anymore. The run game is not going to be there. The defense is going to make you have to be in shootouts. It's just not going to work. Now, the Cardinals can beat you in many different ways. Now, the Cardinals beat the Rams 37-20. to And it was a complete game from the Cardinals. And that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see, okay, now you're playing against a team that a lot of people feel could be in the Super Bowl. That is the Rams. You're playing against their their red hot coming out coming out of probably their biggest win uh so far, of course, is the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the the Cardinals just came in and destroyed them. I, again, I know when you say they won by 17, it doesn't sound close, but the game was not that close. Matthew Staff, it, it, I can say that it was because, you know, the, the, the Rams just had a bad game, but the, 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 the Cardinals caused them to have a bad game. J.J. Watt, man, J.J. Watt has been incredible on the defensive side of the ball. Chandler Jones had another incredible game. Buda Baker has been great. Like, this team is firing all cylinders. And the funny thing is, and... One of the biggest questions that I had going into the year with the Cardinals is, is Cliff Kingsbury a, a actually a good coach? That the the that was the conversation going around uh, with the Cardinals because the Cardinals had a very active offseason. And with the pieces that they got, you know, they acquired A.J. Green. They acquired J.J. Watt. They acquired some pieces. Uh, James Conner from the Pittsburgh Steelers just like, was Cliff Kingsbury because this is a good team? This is a good roster. It's like, is he good enough to be, you know, uh, is he considered a good coach? That is Cliff Kingsbury, and he's been phenomenal. I don't, you know, what it is he has built a system that is perfect for not only Kyler Murray but perfect for a mobile quarterback, and or let me say this, perfect for the mobile quarterback that he has, and it's worked to perfection. But like I said on Sunday. 
or like I said about Sunday, the Cardinals can beat you in many different ways. They can beat you, and this is the first time I've seen that in a while, and that's why I think that they could be Super Bowl contending. They can be a Super Bowl caliber team, or they are a Super Bowl caliber team. First and foremost, they can beat you defensively, and that has never been said. Again, you're going against a red-hot Rams team, and you only hold them to 20 points. Cooper Cup is probably was probably, at least going into this week, the hottest wide receiver in the game. And he was minimized. Robert Woods was probably probably one of the best second options, I guess you could say. First or second, depending on what you think he is. Hell, the whole Rams offense was on fire. And the Cardinals came in and shut that down on top of Kyler Murray just being incredible. You know, getting A.J. Green involved. A.J. Green hasn't looked this good since probably, you know, his first few years in the league before injuries really hit. And when I say they can beat you in many different ways, James Conner looks like he's just rejuvenated. He had, I think, two touchdowns. You know, it. it the Cardinals look good. And... At least four weeks into the season, I wouldn't be surprised if the you can put the Cardinals up against anybody, and I wouldn't be surprised if they won. That's how good the Cardinals have been playing, and that's why I said Car. You know, not not only are they playing to me like the best team right now, but Kyler Murray is this or is the MVP at least four weeks into the season. Now, of course, they don't crown MVPs four weeks into the season, but I do want to see, you know, the growth and I want to see this continue because this the Cardinals is a fun watch, man. Like if you watch this team, it is fun. It, it It's Kyler Murray will do something incredible that only Kyler Murray can do. It, it, it's fun. It's fun watching the matriculation of this team and watching it from where it's been to where it is now. So, congratulations to the Cardinals for beating the Rams uh, 37-20. to And out of that that game, like I said, kind of solidified to me, at least right now, that Kyler Murray is the MVP of this year, or at least right now is the MVP of the league. He, he He's front runner in my opinion. So, another game that, to me, had a lot of eyes and stipulation to or not stipulation but a lot of eyes I really wanted to see was the Carolina Panthers and the Cowboys I think I'm mm, this is it's hard for me to say this man not because I'm a Washington fan it's hard for me to say what I'm about to say because I'm not used to this in my adult life I have never seen the Cowboys as good as they are I mean, maybe 2016, but as weird as weird it is for me to say, this Cowboys team is, I'll just say it. This is a Super Bowl caliber team. And it's kind of like the Cardinals. One thing that the Cowboys have have had, especially since Dak has been there, has been a high powered offense. You have Dak Prescott, you have Ezekiel Elliott, you have uh, uh, C.D. Lamb, you have Amari Cooper, you have Tony Pollard, you have you know the good the tight ends that you have Dalton Dalton Schwartz Dalton Schultz. You have you have a you have a a great offense, and the thing that especially last year that hurt them is. 
the in, the imbalance of the team. The offense was straight with Dak, but the defense was historically bad, which is why you saw Dak Prescott in a lot of shootouts until, of course, he got hurt. But watching this team, man, I'll say this. The biggest problem or the biggest concern I have with the Cowboys is the coach, the coaching staff. For some reason, I don't know what it is. I don't know how, why it's this hard, but Mike McCarthy, his clock management, man, especially towards the end of games is, is, is highly questionable to say the least. I don't know what he be doing sometimes. He be like hoarding, he be hoarding on challenges or he be challenging plays that shouldn't be challenged. He be holding on to, to timeouts like you can take them with you. I don't know what's going on, bro. But this this Cowboys team, man, is is good. And and that's 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 the so it's for a while now. It's either been you it's either for the Cowboys it's been one of two things. You can either win by running the ball like that's that's the only way they can win cuz Dak Prescott wasn't able to get you wins or they're only going to win in shootouts, and Ezekiel Elliott doesn't have it anymore. One thing that you never said was, you know, their defense can win you games. That's not the case, man. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, he he had two interceptions. Uh, it Jalen Jalen Smith. It, this this team looks great. Vander Esch looks great, man. It this is a Super Bowl caliber team and 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 the thing that about it is again they can beat you in multiple different ways and that's what we've seen this season we when they beat the uh when they beat let's let's just speak on let's just speak on Sunday on Sunday or let, let me say this for the longest hell I even said on this podcast maybe that Tony Pollard is more of a of a at least a better back at this point in his career than Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott has taken more punishment. And the way that the Cowboys were using Tony Pollard, it looks like he was more effective than Zeke. Not to mention the fact that he's a better, you know, pass catcher than Zeke. And the Cowboys just be passing the hell out the ball. On Sunday against the Panthers, Zeke shoved me up. And I will definitely, you know, I was wrong. I guess they just didn't feed him because – Zeke was incredible. I think this was the first. I think he had like two or two touchdowns. Like, and then of course, now this wasn't a bad game on the Carolina Panthers side of the ball. It was just you. They ran into a buzzsaw that was the Cowboys. I don't think that the you know the three and O going into the game was a faulty three and O from the Panthers. I do think that the Cowboys was their hardest test that they had. And I'm not going to say they they passed with flying colors because, of course, they lost. But the defense held up. Sam Darnold looks looked good as usual. Or not usual, but looked good as he's done this entire year. They just ran into a better team. And uh, now when you look at the landscape of the NFC, you know, there's still a lot of teams that I want to see the Cowboys going against to really put them in that, you know, elite. No, I'm not going to say that. Because let me say this. I... The Cowboys are an elite team. I I can't I can't sugarcoat it, man. The Cowboys are an elite team, and they played great. The one game that they lost was against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but they had every opportunity to win that game. They just they just didn't. You know, Tom Brady, you know, last last what a minute and a half of the game did what he had to do. 
but the Cowboys could very well be four and zero, and their their schedule is very favorable, very favorable. Dak Prescott's playing great. He to me is my front runner for comeback play of the year, and it's really not even close in my opinion. Uh, they've been the Cowboys is a Super Bowl caliber team. I know it's weird for me to say that, and, and it's weird for me to say that because the Cowboys have always been that. They've always been, they've they've been a good team. It's just there there there's either one unit of the ball holding them back, or you know something bad is going to happen. But I think that this is the first team where I think this team is good enough to overcome their coach and his his poor clock management, his poor decision making. Because Deke, Zach is so, or Dak is so good. Because Zeke is so good. Because the defense is playing well, you know, along you know with Michael Parsons and Trayvon Diggs, man. I think this is a Super Bowl caliber team, which is the Cowboys, which is crazy for me to say. Um, but moving forward, let's 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 talk about some other games, man. Shouts out to shouts out to Zach Wilson. The the Jets beat the Titans twenty seven to twenty four. First and foremost, this is a horrible, horrible loss for the Titans. And this this game really proved to me what I have been uh or this game has proven to me that the problems that the Titans have faced for a while they still it they still have. That is they are you know, that might be the title of this uh, of this episode, Imbalance versus Balance. The Titans is not a balanced team. Their defense is horrible. There should be no reason. Zach Wilson has played bad every single game. Like, he he's had good throws here and there. And I'm not saying that he can't improve. But he's played poor every single game. And the fact that they had him out here looking like, they had him looking like um, Joe Montana is crazy to me. And their offensive line broke down. I mean, Zeke, I mean, not Zeke, uh, Derrick Henry did score a touchdown, but their offensive line got manhandled by the Jets. The Jets, who don't, they don't really have a good unit in, at all. They don't have a good offensive unit. They don't have a good defensive unit. They have a perfectly balanced team. It's just perfectly garbage. So, but, but, but I'm, I'm not going to take it, take any away from the win, man. Congrats to uh, Zach Wilson. And that's that's something that we talked about in the last episode. Even though he, you know, some of these rookies may have a a good game or two, there are some situations that I just don't think that they're good enough. Or you have to be God level to be to rise some of these organizations out of the 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 mud where they are. And the Jets is one of them. Zach Wilson can play incredible. I just don't know if he's that if he's good enough to 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 take them out of obscurity you know what i mean so but but shouts out to the jets for being the tennessee titans man it the titans is so inconsistent man it's like one week they'll look incredible the one week they'll shut out the seahawks in the second half derrick henry will run rush for like 41 times 290 yards like then the next week you lose to the jets like and and again it's the nfl so you can lose anybody all these people are professionals but the Titans had no business losing to the Jets. The Jets were on pace to lose every single game this year, and you gave them their first and maybe their only win. So, hey. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Eagles uh, 42-30. to I will say that th- this game showed me 
that the Kansas City Chiefs, now you can say their record has shown you this, but the, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is still, how do I, how do I phrase this? Uh, Patrick Mahomes is good. Don't get me wrong. Patrick Mahomes is probably still the best uh, quarterback in the league. But I don't think that he can match. You know, I called him the great equalizer. I called I called him the fact that, you know, there's a lot wrong with the Chiefs. It's just when you have someone as good as Patrick Mahomes, uh, that, that can mask a lot. And, and it still did that to a certain extent on Sunday. But... I don't think that – I think that the team around him let – me, let me just speak on the defense. The defense is not good. The defense is not good at all. There should be no reason why the Eagles – the Eagles that have been struggling, the only good game they had was against the Atlanta Falcons, which arguably is the worst defense in the league. There should be no reason why they looked as good as they did for three quarters. Now, the fourth quarter or the end of the third quarter, all four, they just fell apart. But there should be no reason why they looked that good. The defense is still a problem, and yes, they were able to score 42 points. Pa- uh, Patrick Mahomes had five touchdowns. Uh, that, uh, Tyreek Hill had three. Shouts out to them. But what happens when you play a better team? Like this this game on Sunday, I believe. Yes, yeah, Sunday is probably arguably one of the biggest games of the year, and that is the Chiefs against the, the, the Bills. Like what happens when you play against that? And the Bills are firing all cylinders right now. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but it's just Patrick Mahomes against mediocre teams have has has had to be like Superman just to win, and I don't, I don't know how sustainable that is. Not, and and I know it's crazy to say, but this defense is bad, and the offensive line is still, you know, it's a new offensive line, so they're still trying to learn each other and everything. And again, it's only four weeks in, but I don't. Looking at looking at these last three games, they just the, the Chiefs have looked mighty ordinary. Now, again, I, I know it's tough to say that when their quarterback throws five touchdowns against the team, but they they are they're two and two, meaning they're pretty average right now. And the only reason why they're average is because their defense is so bad, but their offense is so good because it kind of balances itself out. Um, but yeah. The Saints uh lost what well, I'm gonna say the Giants yeah, the Saints lost to the Giants twenty seven to twenty one. I'm starting to see a pattern with the Saints, man. Uh first of all, shouts out to the Giants and Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley had two touchdowns. You know, it, I, I'm not saying he's completely back from, you know he's 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 healthy, of course. I think it's a mental thing and, and trying to get your groove back after, you know, the injury that he sustained last year. But Shouts out shouts out to the Giants. McKinney Galladay had a good day. Daniel Jones had a good day. But we're starting to see a trend from, you know, the, the Saints. I'm I'm starting to think that week one of the Saints was just like a, a an anomaly, like like Aaron Rodgers said. Because we're starting to see who the Saints are, and they're an inconsistent team. I'm not saying they're a rebuild rebuilding team, because they, they're still a good team. I just think that they're a retooling team and they're trying to figure who they are. They're trying to figure out, okay, what do we have? We know that you have Alvin Kamara, even though Alvin Kamara has not been good this year. I'm not gonna say he he has, he hasn't he's been good. He just hasn't been special, and I thought that he would be special. 
what do you have in the running or in the wide receiver position? What do you have at the quarterback? You know, and why is Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill is is why is he throwing fifty yard bombs to the other team? Like, come on now, it, it, the Saints are just inconsistent, and and you you I can understand that seeing as though you're coming from playing with arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time for twenty some years to now go to you need to figure out what you have you know so shout out to the giants um you know be, uh they beat the saints 27 to 21 the the browns beat the vikings 14 to 7 a lot of people are, are, are getting on uh baker mayfield's head man we we all saw the bad pat or the past i was completely behind odell beckham jr and if he would have hit odell beckham jr in stride it would have been an easy seven points uh, but you know the 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 Vikings is the Vikings are a good one and three team. Their defense still isn't that good, but they're a good one and three team. And the Browns, I do think the Browns should be a lot or should look a lot better than they have this year. I mean, again, they're they're three and one, so it's it's all good. And their only one is against the Chiefs, but I, I just think that they would look better than uh than they they have been, but. You know, congratulations to the to the Browns. So, the line, oh no, the Bears beat the Lions twenty four to fourteen. Uh, Justin Fields got the win, even though again I don't understand why Matt Nagy after the game and you know during the the, the weekly presser has continuously talked about Andy Dalton is going to be like I'm sorry. Do, do they have money on Andy Dalton? Like, does Andy Dalton know something about Matt Nagy that we don't? Because it's like. Why would you at this point? Why would you go back to Andy Dalton? It, it doesn't. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton has not given you. And I was one of those people. Let me say this. Let me first say I was one of those people that were a little late. I was like, you know what? Let Andy Dalton start. Let Justin Fields learn. Blah blah blah. And then once he comes in, he'll be good. Andy Dalton was not giving you. Andy Dalton and Justin Fields are pretty much giving you the same production at this point. Uh, not saying that Justin Fields isn't going to improve, but they're pretty much giving you the same production. So why go back to Andy Dalton? It doesn't make sense to me. It, it uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, but it, it doesn't. It's just confusing. It's confusing because it messes up the it messes up the chemistry of the offense and and the defense because you don't know like who you're playing for. It's just weird. It's just weird, man. And then he was going on, you know. The decision is by me, the head coach. You know, I made that play. Like, dude, you know what Matt Nagy's um, press conference kind of remind me of? You seen Coach Carter when they won and he came in? Yeah, I made that play. That was me, baby. I'm like, dude, what are you, what are you doing, bro? It's weird. Now, I guess he was probably doing that because he's hearing, uh, you know, rumblings and he's hearing the fans aren't really happy with his play calling and the fact that they got – you know, the fact that they're 2-2 two and, two and, and and Justin Fields looked all right. I guess he was trying to take credit for it. I don't know. But it was it was weird. It was weird. But shouts out to the Bears. The Bills. The Bills. You know what? To me, it's it's a neck-and-neck neck race between the Bills and the and the uh, Arizona Cardinals as the best teams in the league right now. The Bill, Now, again, I understand it's the Texans. But the Bills beat the Texans 40-0. to zero. Mm. For, 
I understand the Texans are bad. I understand you have a bad roster. I understand that they, you know, they're they're in a they're in a phase trying to figure out what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. But you lose to your your NFL team, and you lose forty to zero. And the Bills again. Ever since that, take that Week One game against the Steelers out of there. They are again. Again, this is the team that a lot of people thought we would see coming into this year. You know, you last year they made it all the way to the AFC Championship. I think their biggest game is going to be on Sunday against the Chiefs because that's kind of like Lamar Jackson. That's the team that they're pretty much getting compared to. And I say that to say, you know, the Ravens have been good this entire time. We just need to see how they are in the playoffs. And one team that Lamar Jackson never beat until this year was the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's why they, they make that a big thing. And th- those two, you know, the Ravens and the Chiefs, people think that, you know, moving forward, those are going to be some top teams to, to worry about in the ASC. Same as the Bills. The Bills and, and Josh Allen has had, at least the last two years, has had success against everyone except the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, while three and one is good, while they're destroying people left and right, this I do want to see how they look like against the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's what's going to happen, you know, this week. So, uh, but in the meantime, congratulations to the Bills. They beat them forty to zero, and it wasn't even close, man. Um, the Colts beat the Dolphins twenty-seven to seventeen. Again, I'm I'm starting to think that now. I know Tua didn't play, but this organiz the, the 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 Dolphins organization is a lot should be a lot better than one and three. Uh, I don't know what I don't know if it's I don't know what it is, but they should just be a lot better than that record. And I think you're going to see some changes. Not not from a coach. I think people believe in Brian Flores. I think it's a personnel thing. It might be the quarterback. I don't know because. I don't think this team would be one and three if you had a healthy Deshaun Watson. Now, again, we don't know what's going to happen with the whole court situation, but I think that this, they're going to make some changes because this team is too good with the defense that they have, the the money that they spent on the offensive line, the money that they spent on the 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 receivers and the in the catching core. Ah, this team should be a lot better than one and three, and they shouldn't be losing to a one and three Colts, a Colts team that has been railing the last few years. Now, I did predict that the Colts were going to beat the Dolphins, but the biggest reason why is because Tua wasn't playing. But even, you know, I had to listen back. I don't even know if with Tua playing, they would have won. So, but shouts out to the Colts. You know, Carson Wentz didn't look terrible. The defense looked good. Um, Quentin Nelson did go on IR, so I hope that he comes back healthy. And that's a big, I mean, he's probably the best offensive lineman in the league. So the fact that he's on IR is kind of sucks, um, but you know we'll see how that goes. But shouts out to the Colts. The Washington Football Team beat the Falcons thirty-four to thirty. Again, not all not all wins you create equal. Shouts out to Washington for winning. Tyler Heineke uh, looked really good. You know he had the game the game winning touchdown to uh, JD McKissick. Uh, that was huge. They look. It looked good. You know, the, the team looked good, even though, you know, we lost Bostic for the year, I believe. They also lost um, Brandon Sheriff for like three to four weeks, I think. It was tough. It was tough. But 
the questions that I still have about the Washington football team, I still have. Their defense was not good. I mean, yeah, they came at big moments, but, again, you're going against the Atlanta Falcons. You're going against a team that defense is god-awful. And even though Tyler Heineke looked like Kurt Warner, <laughs> this, I don't know if he's that good. And, and that's no offense to Tyler Heineke. Good, you know, he, he, he played really well. I just – the defense still is not and the fact that you're losing one of your better defenders in Bostic for the year, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen, man. I don't know what's gonna happen, but you're two and two. Shouts out to Washington. Seattle beat the Seattle Seahawks beat the 49ers twenty eight to twenty one. Yet and still another game. And this is that's one of the that's one of the teams I was talking about when we we're talking about the, the, the Cardinals. The Seahawks is an imbalanced team. And that's why it's hard from I picked them as a dark horse that they could win the Super Bowl because of how good Russell Wilson is. But there's so much going against them outside of Russell Wilson. Their offensive line still not good. Their defense still isn't that good. The reason why they won, honestly, is because the the in game change that happened to the 49ers. Of course, Jimmy G got hurt again and Trey Lance came out. Trey Lance did look good. He had two touchdowns, I believe. But. It just it just wasn't ready for the moment, and Russell Wilson had like he looked incredible. He was dinking and diamond left and right, and that's just what Russell Wilson does. And you know, a good question, a good conversation was at hand. Uh, jo- shouts out to Joy Taylor from the herd. She says something that is very simple, but it's very true. If you have to say when healthy, usually you're an injury prone player. Like when you have to say, you know, he'll be good when healthy. One player that comes to mind a lot when we talk about that when healthy thing was Jordan Reed. For people that don't remember, Jordan Reed was a tight end for the Washington football team for for the longest. He was also a tight end. Where did he go? Uh, I think he went to the 49ers. And when healthy, he was... He could have he could have rivaled being one. He was one of the top tight ends when healthy. You know he was a big frame. He can catch well. He because he was so big. He he didn't really go down. You know it took a, a multiple tackles to try to get him down. Jordan Reed was incredible. The problem was he continuously got hurt. Whether it was concussion after concussion, lower leg injuries, he just kept getting hurt to the point where he retired. And it's like, okay, when healthy, Jordan Reed is great. You, you hear that a lot about basketball players, too. Um, a big one is is was Derrick Rose, of course. When healthy, Derrick Rose is blank. I say that to say, Jimmy G is a good quarterback. Is he a top quarterback? No. But... Th- something, to, something is to be said when you always have to put when, when healthy... And I think that's a big reason why the Cardinals, I mean, not the Cardinals, the 49ers went to go get Trey Lance because Jimmy G is not reliable due to his health. Jimmy G continue like year after year, deer gets hurt. He had that problem even as a backup for New England, and, he, and he's had that problem nearly every year for the 49ers. In fact, the one year he was mostly healthy, they went to the Super Bowl. Now, a lot of that was because of their defense, but still, 
this team is that's why they went to go get Trey Lance because Jimmy G is not reliable not to mention when Jimmy G is in the game he is good but he's going to give you at least two opportunities to get an interception and that's what happened on what on Sunday before he got hurt he threw a horrible pass so you know that's one there's a reason why a team with the roster that the 49ers have is two and two and the team that the roster that the 49ers have both offensively and defensively. There's a reason why a lot of people, or you don't really hear too many people say that they're Super Bowl, you know, they have them in the Super Bowl because the quarterback position is incon- inconsistent because of injury. And it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. So, but shout out to the Seahawks. Uh, Green Bay Packers beat the Steelers 27 to 17. I'm not going to keep, you know, it sounds like uh, it's pretty much a broken record at this point. Um, Big Ben just doesn't have it anymore. I, in fact, you know he doesn't have it because that one uh bomb that he threw to it wasn't a bomb. That one bomb that he threw to I think is Deontay Johnson. I was like, what? Like I was shocked. Like I was legit shocked when he threw that bomb to Deontay uh, jo- or Deontay Johnson. I was like. Oh my gosh. And and because of everything every other pass is just bad. Now, again, look at look at the difference. Now, I understand that they're just better. One player is just better. But look at look at the difference between Aaron Rodgers and um Big Ben. So Aaron Rodgers is 37, right? Big Ben, let me look this up. Big Ben is just two years older, two years older than than Aaron Rodgers. Now, I understand that Aaron Rodgers has always been better than Big Ben, even though Big Ben does have more Super Bowls. Um, but a lot of that is a credit to the historic defenses he had. But just look at how different they look at their ages. Now, again, uh, it's just two years. Big Ben looks like... He, Big Ben... Outside of one pass has looked horrible the last, well, this is going on almost two and a half years. Aaron Rodgers just won an MVP last year and still looking looking as good as, as ever at 37. Hell, you know what it is? Hold on. Big Menace, 37. Drew Brees. Now the the problem with Drew Brees was his his arm just gave out. Now Drew Brees is forty two right now, but his arm just gave out. He just couldn't throw. But it wasn't because of you know, it, it was just because of he just kept getting hit after hit after hit, and your arm just started. And and the fact that the Saints' offense was always just throw 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 that Drew Brees' arm deteriorated. But you never felt like Drew Brees deteriorated because he just. He was just garbage. It was just because the system that he's run his entire career in in New Orleans, when you throw that many times, one, you're going to have that many records, and your 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 arms is going to deteriorate. But we're never we didn't we're even though even at the end where we knew he didn't have it anymore, we didn't look at Drew Brees how we're looking at Big Ben right now. We're looking at Big Ben like dog. It's over. The fans. 
Pittsburgh Steelers fans are saying, dog, it's it's over with, bro. Like, give it up. It's so bad. I think they I think Sports Center or or First Take for the last few weeks have started their started their segment talking about, hey, should 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 the Steelers go get a Cam? <laughs> and that's with their starting quarterback. Like it's it's bad, man. Now I'm not gonna continue to harp, I'm just saying the Steelers. Ooh. Ooh. Man, let me move on, man. The Raiders, I mean, the Ravens beat uh, the Broncos 23-7. to Now, a lot of people are saying that the uh, the the Ravens beat the the Broncos because Teddy Bridgewater went out with a concussion. Let me tell you something. If Teddy Bridgewater was healthy and they played 15 more, 15 more quarters, they weren't beating the Ravens. The Ravens, the Ravens were just dialed up, man. Lamar, and the, the good, the thing that I don't think I've seen in a while is the Ravens won that game through the air. Lamar Jackson had like a three hundred and twenty something yard game uh, passing. Like, and you, I mean, when do you really ever hear Lamar Jackson passing for over three hundred yards, man? Like, shouts out to them. Like he, he looked. That game really showed me a lot. One, it showed me I can't wait till you know Rashad Bateman and and that the the wide receiver core is completely healthy because I want to see what they look like. Because when you have Sammy Watkins, you know, looking like how he's looking, and you have Marquise Brown now, you're throwing it to him. It's you just got to catch it. We just got to catch it. The Ravens look good, man. And even with their defense, of course, still sputters. because it's it's their defense. I mean, they they're dealing with a lot of injuries on that side of the ball and on the on the offensive side even though uh what Latavius Murray looked good, uh Le'Veon Bell looked good. They they looked good offensively as far as running back position, but their defense, you know, when you lose your your I guess second best uh defender in in um Marquis no, was it? Marcus Peters, you know, it it's tough, but the Ravens have 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 looked good. So shout out to the Ravens. And the reason why I, I waited till last to talk about this is because the buildup. And that is the Patriots. I mean and the you know, Bucks and the Patriots. That, you know, that was the game. We got we, we got it, guys. Okay. It was it was it was Okay. Okay. That's what we got. Now the high, the build up to this game, you know, Tom Brady returning to um Tom Brady returning to the Patriots. That's what we got. That we knew that was gonna be big. It is what it is. But, you know, the game wasn't that good until maybe the the fourth quarter. The game wasn't that good. I don't know if it was nerves. Uh Tom Brady didn't look good. Mac Jones looked okay. Uh the defense, it was just they they both didn't look good. If we're being honest with the game, it didn't look good. I mean, it was good. The the build up was there, of course. Tom Brady coming back to the Patriots, um, but it just it wasn't that good of a game. The hype, of course, the game did not match to the hype, which usually happens. So, but shouts out to the Bucks, um, beating the Patriots. I mean, shout out to, the Bucks beat the Patriots, uh, nineteen seventeen. Because Nick Folk, you know, a coach will show you who they trust and if they trust you in, in situations like that. I think it was like fourth and three or something like that with like 55 seconds. Instead of, go, instead of going for 
going forward with Mag with Mac Jones, who was playing okay. Like I said, he, he was he outplayed Brady that night. I'm not gonna say he's better than Brady, but he outplayed Brady that night. Now that's not saying much, saying both, you know, Brady wasn't that great. But he, he did outplay Brady that night. And um you're it's four and three. You you have the ball, you know, fifty five yards or fifty five seconds. You don't want to give the ball back to Tom Brady. Instead of at least running another play and knowing that your kicker has not kicked, I think is like he's under five hundred when kicking more than fifty yards, and he was injured. I don't know why you wouldn't go for that. I do know why you won't go for that because you don't trust that your quarterback is going to be able to to make that play. Um, but. You know, Nick Full kicked it and missed bad. You know, hit doinked off the rim or off the off the pylon, and that's how it happened. So, in Monday Night Football, the Chargers uh, beat the Raiders twenty eight to fourteen. Justin Herbert was better than Derek Carr. Uh, the The Chargers is, was a better team than the Raiders. The Raiders, like I said, they were you know three and one uh, and. The Chargers were what two and two and one or something. Oh no, the Raiders were 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 three and zero, oh, and the Chargers were two and one. And the Chargers looked like a better team. Justin Herbert was carving them up left and right. Uh, uh, Jared Cook was good. You know, Jared Cook is is usually good wherever he goes, but they were carving them up left and right. And the Raiders just I don't know what it was, man. They they just folded. Um, now I understand you, you lost by 14, but the game wasn't that close. Honestly, it was like kind of late, late rally, but, but that is, you know, shouts out to the, shouts out to the chargers. That's the, the weekly breakdown or that's the week four breakdown, um, of the NFL week four. So let's, let's move forward. So MLB playoffs is here, man. As I'm, as I'm, as I'm recording this right now, uh, this is before the wild card game on this is Tuesday it's Tuesday night at around what well this is before the wild card game the wild card game tonight is Boston and New York the wild card game tomorrow uh which is Wednesday is the the St. Louis Cardinals and the LA Dodgers so the teams that could potentially be in the playoffs is, of course, Boston and, and New York. They're in the wild card. You have the Tampa Bay Rays, the White Sox, the Houston Astros. You have the Milwaukee Brewers. You have the Atlanta Braves, and you have the San Francisco uh, Giants. First and foremost, this has been an, an incredible, an incredible uh, MLB season. First and foremost, the fact that you have two teams in the same exact division which is the San Francisco uh, San Francisco Giants and the L.A. Dodgers, both getting to 100 wins is crazy. And the fact that a 100-win team is in the wild card is crazy. The fact that it, it looked bleak, like it looked hella bad for both the, 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 uh, the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. And the fact that they were both able to rally because the, the New York Yankees had some bad losses. I mean, the Yankees lost to the, to the, to the Orioles. The Orioles. Now they did sweep the Nationals, but they lost to the Orioles, who can you can arguably say is one. Now they're not worse than the Diamondbacks, but they're one of the worst teams in the league. They they look good now. Now I will say this. Again, as I'm recording this, I don't know who won, but uh, 
it's going to be tough for me to see either Boston or New York beating a Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays are on fire. And I'll say I'll, I'll make my predictions. So coming out the coming out the American League um Again, you have you have teams. You have all different types of teams. You you had teams with great bullpens in in the Rays and the White Sox, which I'm surprised. You have Houston, who is an all around team. They've been good for a while, even with the whole scandal that they had. I and and of course Yankees and Boston. I I I just don't. I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a, a shocker. I'm gonna go with the White Sox. I think you know the white the White Sox are never really or haven't been known for a while to be good and the fact that they're in the position that they're in i just think that they're going to ride that their, that momentum uh it's going to be tough to beat the the Tampa bay rays because the Tampa bay rays is probably the more most complete team in the in the uh american league even though you th- we thought you know whatever but i just you know i, I just think that I, I think you know i have the white Sox. i, I i'm going to go on the limb and say the white Sox make it to the world series and in the NL, I, the the Giants. It's either the Giants or Dodgers. Uh, I, to me, it's a, that's a two team race. I, I don't even know. Again, I don't know. The Dodgers could lose against St. Louis, and in that case, then I'm all wrong. But <laughs> to me, it's a two team race. It's now. I do think that not having uh, Kershaw for the playoffs is huge. But you do have Matt Scherzer, uh, and that is the Dodgers. I just. I'm gonna go with the Giants. The Giants have been on a roll this entire year, and even though the Braves have been good as well, I just I just think the the, the Giants have too much firepower. Uh, so I think that the World Series is gonna be the White Sox and the Giants. That's a weird. That's a weird World Series. <laughs> now, of course, uh, we'll 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 give my predictions a little closer to the World Series, but who who wins? Because I could definitely be wrong, but. Those are my predictions going into uh, into this week's or in, into this year's playoffs. Again, it th- this has been a very exciting year for 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 the postseason. Look at there's a lot of teams that didn't make it, like the the Toronto Blue Jays. They they were incredible all year, man. They they just missed out on the last day. So you know it, it's 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 been an incredible baseball season. And I'm not and and this is coming from a person that's not the biggest fan of baseball as we know, but you know I, I got to give it where it's getting. They they've done everything right this year. This year has been incredible. Uh, hell, the 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 Padres didn't even make it. Teams that were interesting didn't even make the like teams have players that were interesting, which is Fernando Tatis, uh, Shoni Otani from the Angels, again Vladimir uh, from Toronto. They didn't make the playoffs, but they were really good. So. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it more, you know, closer to the World Series. But my prediction right now is the White Sox and the Giants make it to the World Series. So, moving forward, so I'm going to I'm continuing my the NBA preseason has started, uh, and the pre, you know you don't really take much into preseason uh, because you know as we've seen for some games like the Lakers and Nets, most of your stars aren't going to play. Um, as we saw with Golden State and Portland, your stars may only play a quarter or two. You know, you don't really take them that seriously. So I don't really talk that much about the preseason, even though I think, a bit, you know, there are rule changes that are going to affect, the, you know, some people's play. For instance, 
we saw it with the Golden State Warriors game where Steph Curry is used to, you know, getting a defender up in the air and jumping into the defender and getting the, you know, the, the foul call. But that's not happening this year. So I'm interested to see, uh, you know, what happens from that or how that's going to affect the league uh, moving forward. Because it's not just Steph Curry, but a lot of players do it. Uh, and, you know, Dame does it. Uh, LeBron does it. Luka does it a lot. I just, I'm just excited to see, you know, I'm interested, let me say that, to see how that's going to affect it. But talking about that, we're going to continue the divisional breakdown of the NBA. We did just do the Central Division, uh, and today we're going to do the Southeast Division. Now, the division. Now, the Southeast Division is the Atlanta Hawks, Miami Heat, Washington Wizards, Charlotte Hornets, and Orlando Magic. And let's start with the Orlando Magic. Orlando really hasn't been good since, uh, or really hasn't. They've been to the playoffs, but they really haven't been like contenders or anything since Dwight Howard. And there's, <laughs> it's not, still not. Now, I do think that they are an interesting collection of players as far as they have a lot of young. I mean, it's a young team. You have Jalen Suggs, you have Markel Fultz, uh, Mo Bamba, and Jonathan Isaac. I just, I, this team's not going to make any noise. I think that they're, you know, these are one of those the Orlando Magic is one of those teams where we talk about how long is a rebuild and to a point where you stop calling it a rebuild and just say you don't know what you're doing as an organization. You, you were good when you had Dwight Howard. You had a good player in Aaron Gordon. Now you thought Aaron Gordon was a franchise player. Turns out he is not. So what do you do moving forward? Yeah, we need to see what Jalen Suggs, he looked good. Cole Anthony, he, you know, we need to see what they do, but they're still young. So what what direction does this organization go in? They they're not attracting any stars. So what what's happening? And again, at some point you have to move you move from the uh you're as you're not as much a rebuild team as a team that you just don't know what you're doing. Um or or you just can't get out the mud. And I think Orlando's in that. Again, you have some good young pieces, but you you to me they're the worst team in the Southeast Division, like by far. So, and, and and I don't see them making any noise this season. So, there's that. Um, Charlotte Hornets, you have, you know, LaMelo Ball, who who is a great young player. You have Markel Bridges. You you did trade Devontae Graham, but you have Terry Rozier. This is an interesting team. I think that this team, you know, if if healthy throughout the whole season, you still have Gordon Hayward when healthy. Another player went healthy, but I think that this team, this team can definitely be good enough to to fight for a playing spot. I don't think that they're good enough to fight for an outright playoff spot right now. But you know, with the, with the team that they have, I do think that they're good enough to be in the play-in. I just I just need to see you know the growth of Lamelo Ball. I need to see, and he was great. I mean, again, he won Rookie of the Year, so I'm not saying he was garbage or anything. But I want to see, is he going to improve his jump shot? Is he going to improve some of his decision-making? And I do want to see what it looks like with the whole season. Again, he did miss most of the season due to injury. So I do want to see what they look like. But Charlotte isn't, Charlotte is one of those exciting teams to watch. You know what I mean? Like, they call them uh, league pass teams. It's like, who would, on a random night, there's a whole bunch of games, who would you want to see on league pass that's the most interesting? And Charlotte's one of those teams. You know, they have high, Markel Bridges is a high flyer, uh, you know. It, I'm, it's exciting to see, but I, I when we talk about winning games, you know, we'll see. <laughs> 
Let's talk about the the Washington Wizards. The Washington Wizards find themselves in a place that they have been for a while. And that is in the middle of the pact. Now, when you have a player as good as Bradley Beal, that's not really the You don't want to be in the middle of the pact. Because what do I say about the middle of the pact? The middle of the pact are teams that probably good enough to make the playoffs are good enough to make the playoffs but aren't really good enough to make no noise in the playoffs like you don't expect them to win no series or if they do win a series you don't expect them to win another one or a team that you know isn't good enough to make it to the playoffs but is, is too good to be a lottery team so it's like you're always either you're gonna build a team through trades or or trying to accumulate a lot of draft picks like the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Washington Wizards have a good team. You know, you, you acquire Mar- Montrezl Harold, you get Spencer Dinwiddie, you get KCP, you get Kuzma, you do trade uh, Russell Westbrook for those people, but you have Bradley Beal. Uh, Darius Garland has been good. Was Dar- not Darius Garland. Um. Uh, what's the what's the center's name? I forgot the center's name, but the center's name, the center's name, the center. Uh, Thomas Bryant should be coming back from injury. This is a good team, but it's a good middle of the road team. This team could make, should make the playoffs, especially in the East. They should make the playoffs, but I don't see this team beating the Miami Heat. I don't see them beating, uh, you know, the the Milwaukee Bucks. Clearly. It's just, it's a middle-of-the-pack team, and that's not something that's going to, especially a team that has had, or yeah, a team that's had some really good players. I mean, you had Gilbert Arenas in your history. You had Antoine Jameson. You had John Wall. You had some good players. It's like you want more than, hell, Russell Westbrook. You want more than mediocrity. And and you have Bradley Bill, who is one of the best uh, shooting guards in the league. I mean, he finished second in the league in scoring twice in a row over 30 points and it's like you know that's that doesn't there's a reason why the story is is Bradley Bill gonna stay or not that's like every year so you know I guess uh the Atlanta Hawks uh I think that they they did at least in this division had the most success last year Trey Young um Cam Reddish came at the end of the year and looked really good uh, Kevin Herter, like they, you know, Clint Capella, they did re-sign Clint Capella, and they got um, no, they didn't. They, Bo, uh, Bogdanovich is good. I just, I just think that last year was a uh, was a great run. Don't get me wrong, last year was a great run, and I just don't know if they'll be able to duplicate that because there's a lot that went their way. Now, yeah, they they beat, they messed around, they beat the six, they beat the seventy sixers, but we know the collapse that Ben Simmons had, and then they, they didn't have to run into. I mean, when they ran into a team that they weren't supposed to beat, now they beat, they beat the Knicks, and the Knicks, as we know, was not was offensively challenged the entire playoffs or the first round at least, but I I don't know, man. It's 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 tough because. Like, 
I don't I, there is it's a good exciting team. Like you have uh you know you have uh what's his name? You have Trey Young who is a very young and exciting player. You have a lot it's a young core. I just don't I just don't think that they're good enough to beat a uh I don't think they're good enough to beat a Brooklyn. I don't think they're good enough to beat a Milwaukee. I don't think they're good enough to I think their rival, you know, see what happens with the Celtics or 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 teams like that. So, but but they'll be they'll be fun to watch. It's kind of like the the Charlotte Hornets. They'll be fun to watch. And the team that probably made uh, well, made a lot of moves this offseason and that's the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat were just outmatched against the Milwaukee Bucks and they made some big moves getting Kyle Lowry and get now they did trade Goran Dragic, but they got Kyle Lowry and they got PJ Tucker. I am not the biggest fan of Kyle Lowry, never been, but I do see the value that Kyle Lowry does have to a team. Uh, I know, even though you know when when Toronto won, it was a lot to do. It had a lot to do with uh, what's his name? It had a lot to do with Kawhi Leonard, but Kyle Lowry was pretty big as well. And I think that he he fits the culture well for the Miami Heat. When you pair him alongside Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, I think he can be a good uh, mentor for you know uh, Tyler Euro and Duncan Robinson. I think they'll be good. I think that they'll 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 be. I think Miami Heat is good enough to be at least a top four team in the East uh, with the moves that they made, and of course Jimmy Butler coming back and and Bam coming back, looking better. Bam coming off a of, uh, of Olympic gold medal. I think that they'll be good enough to 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 be at least a top four team. Again, I don't I don't I I, I need to see what they look like because right now on paper, you know. There's a lot going on with the 76ers we'll talk about. There's a lot going on with Boston as far as turnaround. So what happens with that? And what do the 76ers do when you pretty much only have one star? And that is Joel B because it doesn't look like they'll have uh, Ben Simmons. So I have to figure that out. Um, and, and and we'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Moving forward, you know, there's players in every sport that kind of get overshadowed because they're not the most flashy players or they're not the best players, but they're really good. Uh, they, they may get overshadowed by, you know, someone on their team being better than them. They may be overshadowed by, you know, maybe the era and and some players that are are more, I guess, household names in them. But that doesn't take away from their greatness. And why am I saying this? Uh, Pau Gasol, longtime Laker. He played for the Spurs. He played for Memphis. Uh, and, of course, Barcelona. He retired from basketball, I think, after 19 years or 19 seasons. When we talk about the history of the Lakers, right, Pau Gasol is a name that a lot of people won't name. Pau Gasol is a player that a lot of people will forget. But that doesn't take away from how important and how great Pau Gasol was. You know, we know about the late, great Kobe Bryant. We know about, uh, you know, Magic Johnson, Shaq, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But when we talk about some of the great bigs, Pau Gasol is in there. And the the Lakers know he's in there because he's getting his number retired. 
Pau Gasol was a huge part of the Lakers' success when Shaq left. Kobe was un. Kobe would not have won two more championships if it wasn't for Pau Gasol. Now, I'm not saying Pau Gasol was better than Kobe. I'm not saying Pau Gasol was more important than Kobe. But kind of like Shaq and Kobe, kind of like uh, Jordan and Pippen, kind of like Steph Curry and Golden or and Kevin Durant. Kind of like Tim Duncan and, you know, Tony Parker. You can be a great player, but you need help. You need a great, great Robin. You need a player that is willing to sacrifice their game for the betterment of the team. And Mark Pau Gasol was incredible. One of the best European players we've ever seen. Now, no, he wasn't Dirk. He wasn't Akeem Olajuwon. Well, I don't say European, but he wasn't. When we talk about foreign players, he wasn't Akeem Olajuwon. But Pau Gasol, he wasn't even Luka. But Pau Gasol was incredible. Pau Gasol was one of the most important pieces to the, you know, the, the, the two Pete Lakers without Shaq. Hell, even Kobe said it. He would not have won five rings if it wasn't for Pau Gasol. Or at least two of those five rings if it wasn't for Pau Gasol. Hell, we remember the years where Kobe was scoring 35 points a game and got like lost in the first round, I believe, to the, to the Phoenix Suns. Come back with Pau Gasol and they win two straight. Pau Gasol will... He's one of those players that there's always going to be debates if he's a Hall of Famer because he doesn't have the most flashy numbers. And he was playing along somebody where they're going to say, well, if he wasn't playing along Kobe. They talk about, you know. Pau Gasol, when we talk about Pau Gasol, you know who Pau Gasol kind of reminds me of? Pau Gasol is like a. a Pau Gasol is kind of like a Chris Bosch. You know, when we talk about the Heat, now, Pitch Ball is in the Hall of Fame. Shouts out to Chris Bosh. But when we talk about the Heat, the 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 Heatles, I guess you can say, Chris Bosh is the last person we talk about as far as the big three. When Chris Bosh had a lot of game winners, he had a lot of big games. But he gets forgotten a lot because you have LeBron, you have Dwayne Wade. Or, you know who you know who he is? He's, uh, when we talk about Golden State, Pau Gasol is kind of like, Pau Gasol is kind of like Andre Iguodala, even though he is a Finals MVP. But Andre Iguodala, when we talk about you know the the great Golden State Warrior teams with Steph and Clay and Draymond and KD, you don't really talk too much about Andre Iguodala. But he was vitally important. Now, yes, Pau Gasol is better than Andre Iguodala, but shouts out to Pau Gasol, man. I, he's to me. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Shouts out to the Lakers organization for retiring his number, and shouts out for seven, shouts out for nineteen incredible, incredible seasons. Shouts out to him for going out. You know, he, hell, he went to go play in Barcelona because because he wanted to because there were still teams that wanted him in the NBA. But he said, "Let me just go to Barcelona," and now he's retired. So shouts out to Pau Gasol, man. Shouts out to you. Um. Let me talk a little WNBA. Shouts out to uh, Malika on Weenware on 
on Yeware. I apologize if I, I know I butchered your name. I apologize. But shouts out to her for winning the 2021 uh, Kia WNBA Rookie of the Year. She was incredible, man. She averaged um, eight points a game, uh, eight points a game, three rebounds, and, and and she was good. She she was she was one of those players where. Um, this was a very interesting year for the – or at least last year was the WNBA uh, draft. There was a lot of players that could have went number one. Now, of course, uh, Charlie Collier went number one, and, and rightfully so. But she, uh, Michelle, yeah, she was – she was um she could have went number one. There was a lot of players that could have went number one. But shouts out to her for winning the 2000 – 21 rookie of the year and shouts out to the all rookie first team that is Ari McDonald's from the Atlanta dream that's uh Michelia on year again I know I'm butchering your name I apologize from the Liberty shouts out to Charlie Collier from the uh from the Dallas Wings or Dallas yeah Dallas Wings shouts out to Dee Dee Richardson or Richards and shouts out to Dana Dana Evans shouts out to all the ladies man again this was a good year for WNBA um and Tonight we have uh game three game four of the WNBA playoffs. Both series is two one. Um I don't know, man. It's, it's it's not really it's not really looking good for Connecticut or or the LA fake or the uh Vegas Aces. They just they they both run into a buzzsaw that is, you know, the sky and the and the Mercury. Uh, the Mercury are hitting Vegas all different types of ways. You got Diana Taurasi going crazy. You got Skylar Diggins going crazy. Brianna Stewart. I mean, not Brianna Stewart. Brianna, Brittany Griner going crazy. And the Chicago Sky, Vandersloot, Courtney Vandersloot's going wild. And, and, and it, man. And he's still, and, and their best player that is, um, their best player that is, uh, Candace Park. I mean, not Candace Park. Candace Parker. Yeah, she isn't even having. She's not even having. She's not even been the best player like this series. It's yeah. and shouts out to Kayla Cooper. That's what I was doing. Kayla Cooper was incredible. So I don't know, man. My picks, my WNBA picks, might be off. Come Wednesday, it might be over for Connecticut and the Aces. But we'll we'll see. We'll see, man. And before, lastly, before we go, man, shouts out to uh, Bubba Wallace uh, for winning his first race. Or, yeah, being, oh, let me say, he's the first black driver to earn a Cup Series victory since uh, 1963. Um, now, a lot of people are going to say, well, he only won because of the rain stoppage. I'm like, yeah, but when the rain sto- when, when there was a rain stoppage, anybody could have been uh, in first place. And he just so happened to be him. So, shouts out to Bubba Wallace, man. Putting putting African Americans on the map, shout out, and and especially in a sport that is dominated by Caucasian, which you know, which is NASCAR or racing in general. Shouts out to Bubba Wallace. Now he's not on the same level as Lewis Hamilton, but shouts out to black people doing things that are being in sports that maybe generally they wouldn't be thought of being in. So, but there you. Oh, you know what? One thing I want to talk about. Before we go, is this Urban Miles, Urban Meyer situation? Uh, so Urban Myers was caught on camera being promiscuous uh, at a bar, 
and it's hard being a, a first year head coach. You have to do everything right or a lot of things right, especially when you're a first year coach for a team that's not that good. I'm not upset f- with what he did on camera. That ain't got nothing to do with me. What I think the problem is, the reports coming out is he's having a tough time connecting with players. He's his leadership is in question, and you're doing this. You know what I mean? Like, it clearly shows that. Now I understand that you're not in the facility uh, every day, all day, every day. But this this is a bet. The optics are bad. It looks like you don't really care about what you're doing or you don't really care about your job, especially when the same week reports come out talking about, you know, players, you're not connecting with players and you're not a good leader and you're not a good coach, at least in the NFL. When you have that and then you have this video, it's like, ah, it's not, it's not really a good look, my guy. <laughs> I don't know what's going to come of it, but, you know, it's just not a good look. It's not a good look at all, honestly. But, there you have it. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate all you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for watching. Um, if you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. It's about to get cold, so get your hoodie uh, or get your sweater. Hey, hey, go get your Unpopular Podcast merch, multiple different designs, multiple different colors. Go get yours today. Also, Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach 1,000 subscribers, so anything will help. Again, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, much love. Now I gotta take a stand Stepped up and I became a man That's a feeling so many times I've fallen on my face 
But I got a smile cause I can't seem ungrateful This is what I wanted, what I needed, what I prayed for Now I can finally fucking smile, bitch, need I say more Yet it's still sucks, I'm finally happy in my heart So broken to pieces, unfold the show to creases It's touching the funny bone, these niggas are so facetious I'm stepping in my road, now I'm practicing what I'm preaching Colder than the winter breeze, never switching with the season I done been in bad situations, stop a nigga up now Many times I thought I wouldn't make it, life is so tough now Save me.